0: Good morning, church. If you're visiting with us, we couldn't be more thrilled to have you. If you're looking for a church home, we hope this morning you've had a chance to connect with God through uh, the praise time and communion. But we really do want to connect with you personally. And if you'd like to know more about our KCC family, probably one of the best places to do that is in our starting point class. We're going to be having another one on February the 10th. And that little card that Ricky mentioned talked about a few moments ago also has a little box in there that you can check Leave that in your seats, and one of our uh, servants after the service will pick that up, or you can drop that off at our Welcome Center, and uh, we'll get you the information for that class. We provide a lunch for you, and then also provide an opportunity to to tell our story about where God's brought us, where he has us now, and where we see him leading us, Uh, but it also gives us a chance to hear your story, and that matters probably more than even the telling of our story. So please give us the privilege of joining you in that, um, February the 10th, if you're interested in becoming part of our family. But if you're visiting and you're here today, you're going to get a chance to hear along with our Kerrville Church of Christ family where this leadership senses that God's leading us It's through what we're calling the 2020 vision and why it's called that because it's through the year 2020 and it just so happens to be delivered on January the 20th, which I thought was really cool. Now to kick that off, I want to tell you about a couple. They were enjoying their fishing boat. Like they often did, they'd gone out to the lake They had a successful trip and were wrapping things up. And the husband shared a concern that he had with his wife. He said, honey, since you've never really operated the boat by yourself, I've been worried that if I had a heart attack or maybe something happened to me and I was injured, you might not be able to get us to shore safely. So let's pretend I just had a heart attack. And I want you to drive the boat back to the shore and dock it. And he finished by saying, because you never know. Well, she did, and did an absolutely fantastic job. And later that evening, while the husband was sitting on the couch watching a football game on ESPN, she came in, and she sat down next to him. She took the remote, and she turned it to the fixer-upper station with uh, Joanna and Chip Gaines. She says, now, I want you to pretend I just had a heart attack, and I want you to get in that kitchen and do the dishes and to fix us a meal, because you never know. And he did. <laughs> the moral of that story is this. When a life is at stake, some intentional preparation is a good thing. And it is. And that probably underscores better than anything that I hope to share in the next couple of minutes about our 2020 vision. When a life is at stake, some intentional preparation. That's a good thing. Chances are you don't know Jamie DeRoe. She's originally from Dallas, loves the Cowboys, and has just recently moved to Kerrville. She's 28, a hospice nurse, and has two children, one a boy who loves to play soccer. He's in the sixth grade, and the other a little girl who loves her collection of boxy girls. Jamie's husband left her for another woman about a year and a half ago. And so she's making a move here that she really didn't want to make, but she needs to be closer to her parents to have some help with childcare. When she gets settled, she has a position waiting for her, starting to work with Peterson's hospice unit. But chances are you probably don't know her. And chances are you probably don't know Elton and Joanna Rigsby. They recently moved to Kerrville. They were escaping the snow in Vermont last year, staying out at the Buckhorn and fell in love with it. And so they've made it their home. They love the mild winters here. They love Acapulco's fajitas. And they've fallen in love with Pickleball. And there are several couples that love to play it there at the Buckhorn, which is an RV resort just outside of Kerrville on Interstate 10. Their son and family were transferred to San Antonio last year. And so this puts them only an hour away, where before they were an air flight away from being here. And so they're looking forward to their life here. But you probably don't know Elton and Joanna Rixby yet. Elise and Branton Prince have just moved from post-Texas. Branton is a math teacher and a receivers coach. Played a little college ball at the University of Texas. Not starting, but a lot on special teams. He's going to be joining David's staff to coach the Antlers this next season. His wife, Elise, homeschools the kids and has an essential oils business that's kind of getting underway. And together they have three kids, Chelsea, who's 14, Everett, who's 12, and Kendrick, who's 8 months old. Now, even though you don't know those families, I can guess what I think your hopes are for all three of those families moving to Kerrville. I would suspect you'd probably say to stay healthy. You'd probably hope that they would find a great place to live, that the kids would make uh, some quick friends and get connected to school easily. The parents would find jobs that weren't just profitable but enjoyable, and that all of them would find Kerrville a great place to raise a family, and even to grandparent a family. I think we're all hoping that for folks like these three families that they enjoy the best life possible here in Kerrville. Now it's clear all three families are from very different life situations. You probably picked up on that. But they all three share one particular life situation at the moment. And that is their one eternal destination. Separation from God. None of them have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us, and your leadership believes without a relationship with Jesus Christ, they'll not only settle for less than the best life possible here in this world, but that it only gets worse in the next life, if not horrific. Jesus said to Nicodemus, believe me when I say, everybody must be born from the water and the Spirit. And anyone who is not born from the water and the Spirit cannot enter God's kingdom. Now, I don't know how you read that, but I read it this way, along with other scriptures that Jesus speaks himself. That unless anyone makes the conscious decision to repent of their sins and to make Jesus their Lord, they won't experience the incredible kingdom now. And if they die that way, they certainly won't experience it in the next life either. I hope you feel the weight of that reality, because I do. And I maybe can't explain exactly why I just do. Because it's more now in my life than ever before. At the foundation of everything that I want to share with you this morning are those three families. Those lives that hang in the balance. And church, I've come to remind you and hopefully persuade you to be intentional about preparing to do something good about that. Several months ago when Martha Foy died, her death jump-started this leadership in becoming much more intentional about the lives around us that are at stake. Martha Foy believed in the mission of the Kerrville Church of Christ so much so that she put her money where her death was. Years ago when she was writing out her will, she designated over $300,000 to be given to this church upon her death. Because she wanted to help free us up from any particular debt we had attached to our building so that we could better focus on saving lives. This church has a long history of being intentional about saving lives. And I love that. But Martha Foy's death and her gift from that passing has provided a greater opportunity for us to lead ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus like we never have before. Little did she know then her gift would take care of what was the remaining balance that we owed on this building. And with that, the elders committed to begin praying and seeking God's thoughts, and we welcomed your thoughts on how those funds that were freed up ought to be used for God's kingdom. And then the elders commissioned a team to begin to organize those thoughts we were hearing, both from God and from you, Don Barnett, myself, Art Leonard, and James Penland, Began meeting together and praying together and listening together and sharing what we sensed our next steps should be together as a family. And we put all of those impressions and ideas together in what we're calling now our 2020 vision. We took that vision to the full eldership where it was shared and reshaped. We took it then to the staff where it was shared and reshaped. We took it then to the deacons where it was shared and reshaped. And this morning we're taking it to you to share. And to do some reshaping. So please know that what I hope to share over the next few minutes is still wet cement. But it does represent some dreams and hopes that this leadership believes for the moment God is leading us to. Actually this morning, this is about half of those dreams. Because I can only fit about half of them in this week's message. More to come next week. But can I remind you where I mission to lead ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus comes from? Two statements from Jesus. One is called the greatest of commandments. Jesus said this love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And other texts say with all your strength, but in this particular one, it ends there. He says, This is the first and greatest commandment of all time. The second's like it love your neighbor as yourself. You see, all the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. If you wanted to sum up all of the Old Testament, Jesus would say, Let me do it in just two ways. Love God, and you love your neighbor. Now, the other passage of Scripture that's fashioned our own personal missions is this. It comes from the Great Commission. One's the Great Commandment, the other's the Great Commission. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, Jesus said, as he stood right before his ascension, speaking to his disciples. All authority. That's pretty heavy. On earth and in heaven has been given to me. Therefore, I'm encouraging you, go make disciples. Go make leaders. Go make influencers of this world. Who will influence all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I want you to know this, I will be with you. To the end of all that. Church, I don't think there's any mistaking that Jesus came here the more than just grace, a group of people that we know as the apostles. A very select group of people with this love. He came to train them to not just receive that love, but to share it with anyone and everyone who wants to hear about it. And that's why my heart hopes today that you welcome His grace. My heart hopes that you welcome His love. That you just make a snow angel in it. Do the backstroke in it. Just receive it and be loved by it. But that also, you mimic the life of our Lord and Savior by sharing it with others who desperately, desperately need it. Now, to do that, Jesus encourages this group of disciples just like he did his in John chapter 15. He said, Listen to me, this is how this is going to happen. This is how you're going to be able to share the love of God like I've come to share it. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce plenty of fruit. However, separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. God promises, church that if we are the branches and we give our efforts to stay connected to the one true vine, he will produce his fruit in us to the full. Both here and now, and a life that comes with that when we stand in his presence. And I can only imagine. But the Doros and the Rigsbys and the Prince family, they've never experienced any of that. You see, the Doros tried going to church once, it was her husband's church. Jamie said they attended regularly, but his unfaithfulness to his vows and even more his lack of continuity between what he heard at the church house and what they experienced at their house was polar opposites. So she's never seen how Jesus could matter much at all to their family, let alone their eternal life. The Rigsbys attended church when they were young, but they stopped when they went to high school. Back in Vermont, they knew a few Christians at work, and, and they even had a Christian family living next door. And while they were distant people, um, they seemed to be about as stressed as anybody else they knew. And maybe a little bit more judgmental than most that they knew. And though their neighbors were cordial, they certainly weren't overtly friendly and never have invited them into their home. The princes didn't have time for church in post-Texas, and they don't expect to have it for them here. With the pace of their life as a coach... Wife having a growing business from home. Kids involved in sports. Church and Jesus just seem to be one more thing to try to take their time away. Christians are decent people, they'll tell you. But so are most of the people that they know. They're thinking that the Bible is just among one of the many religious books in the world. Christians are just among many of those who are a path to God. Besides, they pretty much believe the American gospel, and that is just be the best you can be. That's all that God's after. Is that what God's after, church? Is that all he's after? How will they know? Who is intentionally showing them anything different? Who's praying for them to see anything different? Who's planning on them seeing and experiencing anything different? Do we really care that they experience it at all? Those are questions I've had to wrestle with for the last couple of weeks as we've put the final touches on this and began to get ready to prepare it. Jimmy, do you really care at all? Well, the leadership of this church wants to go on record saying that we haven't cared enough. We want to be part of leading ourselves and you to change. We realize that the only true and lasting growth that's going to come both in us and through us is always at God's hands. That's the picture. He brings the growth. I just make the effort to stay connected to the one who can bring the growth. If I do that, fruit will come. Now the purpose of fruit is to be enjoyed. This blessing that we know is Christ. This love affair that we have is Christ. That's fruit that we are meant to be enjoying. But But its equal purpose is to produce other fruit. Anybody who knows horticulture at all, in the least amount knows, that's why that fruit is produced, is to produce more fruit. And so understanding that by the end of year 2020, this church is about 375 on average attendance on Sunday. Your eldership hopes to be a church of about 500 meeting at the end of December 2020 with 100 brand new disciples of Jesus Christ among us. And our target, our target audience, three families, the DeRose, the Rigsbys and the princes in our community. Somebody may be quick to say, well, didn't Jesus instruct us to take that message to all the world and grow disciples everywhere? Isn't that number a little bit low, Jim? Well, in truth, it may be. As a matter of fact, what we're hoping is that we have to get up as a leadership and ask your forgiveness that our, our faith was too small and our hope too small to only see a hundred folks added to our, our family. When Arms of Hope joined our church years ago, as a outreach organization, they were baptizing between 25 and 30 people a year. That remains the number that we continue to baptize in a year, every year since I came here six years ago. We haven't helped to increase the number of baptisms at Arms of Hope in a year. They've helped to increase the number we have in our bulletin a year. But that's it. This leadership believes that's unacceptable. And we believe God through us can do better. How much do we believe that? So much so that over the next two years we're committing to engage first in leading ourselves better. Being connected to the vine closer. So much so that we're committing to eight hours of training a year just to help learn to lead this church better. A growing church has to have growing leaders. Amen? We're admitting that, we're confessing that, therefore we're committing to eight hours of training either through ElderLink or the GLS or or ACU or in-house training that we do, but we recognize leadership is as much caught as it is taught. Therefore we desire to be involved in personally growing in Christ and us influencing non-Christians for Christ before we ask you to do anything like that. But hear me clearly, we're asking you to do that. More fervently and more straightforward than maybe any time in my history with you. Saw a guy on the sidewalk Friday morning. <laughs> had a large, large cross in his hands. Maybe you saw him down here at uh, Junction Highway and, and where Sydney Baker came. Anybody see that guy? He's about five ten. They had a he had a cross about probably seven ten. Anybody here? Raise your hand. I Okay, go. Oh, most a lot of you saw him. Friendly guy, just waving. He Had the most interesting sign of all, I'm I'm going to call him a street preacher that I've ever seen, instead of a come to Christ or John 3.16 or something like that, he had one version of 1 Corinthians 11.1. Be imitators of Christ as I am an imitator of Christ. Now, I don't know how you that saw that heard that, but for me as I was going by, what it spoke to my heart was, Jimmy, y'all are tracking Because before you can ask a church to be more like Christ in both receiving God's love and sharing that love, you need to be able to say, as you see me being like that, then imitate me. Your leadership has a vision to share with you today, but all the while we want you to hear right up front that we do so hopefully with the integrity that means we live this before we ask you to. Here's one of the aspects of that vision. I began to share it with you a little bit last week, and that is that this church develop a deeper and wider, healthy, sustained prayer life. We see it in Jesus. We know he longs to see it in us, and that's where it starts. If, when you, You're going to be welcome to pick up one of these visions that are out there in the foyer if you'd like to have a written copy of it. We're going to be sharing it verbally here over the next couple of weeks, but if you want a written copy of that, please pick that up. It's out in the foyer. But at the very first of that, one of our first vision things we're asking our church to grow in is in the area of prayer because we know we need to grow in that. We almost left it out. (laughs) And all of those run-throughs of handing it to the elders and then to the deacons and the staff, it wasn't until it was read by someone who loves prayer and who lives in prayer that said, hey, I think there's an emphasis on prayer that's missing. And we put it right at the forefront because we realize how important that is. If you've noticed, we've already begun to implement this before we've even said anything about the raising of the bar for all of us here. Twice a month now, we're we're putting our elders up front. And we're not just doing that because it's cute church or it's kind of a neat thing to do. It's because we believe that if we bring God courageous prayers, it's through them He does the outrageous in our lives. And so we're going to keep doing it, and I... My heart is thrilled as much as it breaks when I see how many of us are in this room and they're saying, nah, I don't need that. Not for me. But we're going to keep doing it because we're hoping that you just see us flooding up and back and going and sitting back down with needs that we know. I need someone else to join me in these prayers. And so we're raising the bar saying, we know this begins with prayer. We're hoping one of the things that comes from our opportunity to give you in a couple of weeks a chance to respond to this vision specifically and physically is that there will be a group of you who are prayer warriors right now but who will come together and unite as a team to begin to pray this vision into fruition for our church family. Over the next two years, we want to continue to grow in our times of worship together. That's one of our major pieces. So we want to continue to, to break down any barriers that are keeping us from connecting with God in this place when we come together. To use all the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has blessed us with when we come together to worship. We see in John chapter 4, God sees for worship. We talked a little bit about this morning. At the foundation of worship is prayer. So is praise. So is the hearing of his word preached. So is the participating in the supper. God has reached out to us in so many ways. And we want to make sure that we're a church that when he looks for someone who's worshiping him in spirit and in truth, uh, could you tune in the Kerrville Church I want, to, I, I want to look at that some more. We want to reach back. He's reached into our lives. We want to reach back. And so we're making every effort to enjoy the freedom God's given us to connect in his word. We want to use our voices. We want to use music. We want to use art and drama and all those bridges to be utilized not just in this place but also in other places. Now while we're going to use the voice only avenue of praise. While we're going to use a cappella singing on our Sunday morning assemblies. We're going to be tapping into all of the gifts even more. That's part of the reason why we brought Raymond on, not just here, but also at Arms of Hope, to tap all those abilities God's given us to worship him in all the strength and ability we have. Because he deserves it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29 says, Therefore, since we've received this incredible kingdom that can't be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. We want to grow in prayer. We want to grow in worship. But we also want to grow thirdly in moving you out of these roles and into circles. It's not the first time you've heard this, but we're going to emphasize that, especially in these upcoming years. We want you out of these rows and into circles as often and as quickly as you can get there. In study groups, in coffee shop groups, in community groups, and oh, by the way, We'd like to change what we call our community groups to life groups, all right? Now, you're not going to get a penalty. You're not going to get fined if you use that word. But, but we really feel like it fits our vision statement better. That when we're together, we're doing life the way Jesus intended for us to do life. Never alone. Sometimes they, yeah, it's, a, it's just a circumstance in life we all live through inevitably. It was not good for man to be alone and God said, ah, oh, you need a... A helpmate, you need a woman. You need someone in your life to tell you what to. do. I mean, to show you how how to live life fully. It's not good for us to be alone. And so we we want to move. This is good, but if this is all you know as our church, I want you to know, it's we still feel responsible to move you forward. To continue to convince you, you need more than that, than just what we do on Sunday morning. And so one of our goals is, is we want to have over 300 people in our life groups by the end of 2020. We believe in it being that such an important role in our church. We're glad that you're here this morning. But we so want to see you connected to other people, living life with them. And that's why we're saying, these are life groups. Go do some life with some people who also have an allegiance to Jesus Christ and a passion to share him with others. And we want to do all we can to encourage you to have those meetings in homes. I'm not making any apologies about this. Yes, use this incredible tool of a building if needed. Matter of fact, our community uses this, this tool of a building often, and we love for that to take place. But there is not a room in this building that has the warmth and the story in it that your home does. Besides, when our neighbors see, Groups of cars meeting at your place, it helps create opportunities for us to share what Jesus Christ is doing in our life with them naturally. Not in a weird, funky way, but naturally. Our look who's coming to dinner has proved that. One of the things that we've heard often has been coming back out of that is not just how great a time we've had in our look who's coming to dinner stuff, but, but how it's raised some questions. What, what were all those cars at your place the other day? We want to keep encouraging those type of opportunities One of the goals that we have in our 2020 vision is that uh, when we have the last look who's coming to dinner for 2020, we hope over 400 of you are attending. It's been a great event. Thankful for Raymond for bringing that here, but we want to see that grow. The heart of our 2020 vision is to go further, though, than just having you at a home somewhere. We want to use your home. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be inviting 200 families here. Well, maybe not 200 yet because that's, where, that's what our goal is when we finally hit 2020. But we want to have 200 families who once a year will commit to having one of you in their homes. Just one, 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 one family, one, one person, just one. We're asking you to, to commit to doing it, to being that kind of a fellowship of people, to extend that and grow this Home Depot that we've been talking about the last couple of years. It was a seed that was planted last year, and we're watering it this year. We want to see you, every one of you, not just going to somebody's house because Raymond organized it, but using your house to have one member from our church to stir up the fellowship, the one anotherness in our family. And then we're asking you to commit to have one other person who's not a member of Christ's family anywhere in your home. Because that's where we believe that dis- the discipleship depot is going to be launched. not from this place. We think this place can help. But we believe that where God's calling us is to look to our own homes, our own living rooms, our own stories to be able to share his story. By 2020, we hope to have over 200 households who are committing to do just that. It's not going to hinge on what goes on in this place. What it's going to hinge on is what happens in your place. Church, as this culture of ours continues to grow high-tech, it is my firm belief that we're going to be given an opportunity to be the place of high touch where people actually can connect with people again and where that's being encouraged and where it's actually being expected. There's no place like your place when it's filled with his power, his presence, and we want people to be a part of that. And speaking of homes, for the past two weeks, we've been moving closer to partnering with Impact Church to build one. As a matter of fact, Habitat for Humanity, house number 112, is about to break ground February the 2nd. And we get to be a part of that. That just stuns me. $50,000 we're putting towards helping a family who could never own a home on their own to actually experience home ownership. So is impact. But not just there. We're not just throwing money at it, we're we're throwing bodies at it, families at it, to be a part of something that later after it's completed, hopefully in June, you can walk by with your family and say, look what God did through us and with us. It's not just helping a family have a home. It's helping make a statement in our community that I just am just tickled pink about. We've been praying for this for six years. God, would you please knit the hearts of us and other believers together in a way that the community couldn't miss that you're doing something among us that's just pretty strange but pretty awesome. And he said, yes. And we're having impact. Join us in building this church. And, by the way, David Danielson's going to be back here in a couple of weeks to be preaching to you guys like he did a couple of years ago. When we swapped pulpits, And I went and preached at Impact Church, and David came over here. We didn't know how that was going to be received. Not everybody received it well. But almost everybody did. And a matter of fact, you've been hounding us. When are you going to do that again? When are you going to do that again? Well, we're going to be doing that soon, especially because of our partner with Impact, but not just there. Part of our our 2020 goals is to have two speakers a year from other faith families in our community who share our passion for the gospel and share our passion to celebrate and serve in the body of Christ here in this place because we realize how powerful this place is for not just ourselves as adults, but our kids to say, they really mean this unity thing. They really mean it. Well, we really mean it, that we can't wait to be a part of the answer to the Lord's prayer. Let them be one as the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one. Another area that we're going to be breaking ground for this family in 2020, or through our 2020 vision, is this. And this one kind of surprised us. We weren't sure that we were quite hearing, because nobody really in our eldership or or in our staff really was feeling called to this, but we We kept sensing that this was a part of it. And that is to have a higher connection in our public schools than we've ever had before. And so we took this to the level of the deacons and we said, maybe we're missing God on this, but maybe not, so we're going to bring it to you. And one of our deacons said, no, that hits my heart in a big way. And I just want to know if there's anybody else who who wants to help connect with the teachers that we see as missionaries in our schools and, and find out what maybe some needs are in those students. I know several other churches are partnering with different schools, but we want to find one that's not, and we want to be a part of that. And so in two weeks, on our Connect Sunday, you're going to be given a chance to be able to say, yes, count me in. And and we'll see. Again, this is wet cement. We're seeing how God is shaping and reshaping this vision, and who wants to be a part of it. You're going to be given a chance to say, sign me up for those 200 homes. They're going to be hosting One of our members from our church and and hosting someone who doesn't go to church or doesn't have a church family. Sign me up to be a part of uh, Habitat for Humanity. Sign me up to be a part of that school. I want to be a missionary. I want to help love on those teachers and love on those kids. Sign me up. And you're going to see right here, if you didn't receive it, I hope you did, one of these as you came in with the bulletin. Did y'all get these? Y'all didn't? Are they still left back here in those boxes? Okay, will you do me a favor, guys, who are the ushers? Will you make sure that as soon as services are over, you're up and you have those and you're handing them to them? Don't let them pass until they get one of these. They're staying in church all day long until they get one of these, all right? So grab one of these. Here's what this is going to give you. Prayer is where we're starting this entire vision. Prayer and what God does through prayer is where we believe God is going to work and move among us. But there comes a point where he says, as Ricky tried to share in our, our communion, where we show up and say, here am I, send me. Use me. I take up my cross to help do the same thing Jesus has done. And what we're asking right now is, is that you pray. That you pick one of these up and not sign up. Matter of fact, if anybody signs up, we're going to reject your, your, your little deal here. We're just asking you to pray. Just pray. Is this where you want us going, God. If so, this is going to be one of the ways that we hear amen and amen. Is when you say in two weeks, I want to be a part of this, I want to be a part of this, I want to be a part of that. Finding some place where you, you can take up your piece of the puzzle. I love that little picture and so that's why I included it in this particular vision. Oh, God's building something amazing here. But every piece is absolutely necessary. And we need your piece. So please bring that. Be praying about this for the next couple of weeks. And i got to hush up. Because I've got one of our elders here who wants some of the time. And you need to hear from him. Before I close, let me say this. We can issue all the vision statements we want. they won't accomplish much. It starts with prayer. It starts with you going before God with us and saying, God, is this what you want? Is there more? There's a place on the bottom of that to say, I think God may be leading us here. Could could we see if there's some other areas that we could pursue? And you know who this matters for? More than you, maybe? The Prince family that works on the same team as one of our members. And the Darrow family that lives two houses down from one of our members. And the Rigsby family, who will soon be playing pickleball with one of our members. Now, those aren't their actual names, but they are actual people. They're actual families right here in Kerrville. In church, they're lost. They're lost. They don't know Jesus yet. And if they die that way, they'll stay that way. And we've been getting an opportunity to make that an intentional priority in our lives. And your leaders are saying, we're going to lead there first. And we hope you follow. Because when life is at stake, intentional preparation, always.